Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. So what is the Bay Area? It's a conglomeration of cities on a map surrounding the San Francisco Bay, sure. But it's also a collection of communities split into political districts who are represented in our state legislature and in the halls of Congress. And how exactly that version of the Bay looks? Well, that's up for public debate right now in a process known as redistricting. The way that this has changed from legislators driving this process in the traditional smoke-filled rooms where they don't care what you think about the district, they want to make sure they can stay in office, it's completely flipped now. Today, how California is drawing new political maps for the next decade and how it affects your life. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. So redistricting is basically the political response to the U.S. Census. Guy Marzarati covers politics and government for KQED. The census is taken every 10 years, and it's basically a snapshot of who is where. And based on that information, political lines are redrawn with the new knowledge of who is now where, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, this process takes place, you know, all over the country at this time, going off of of data in the census. And the goal is getting these maps done in time for the next election, which takes place in 2022. What are the stakes of something like redistricting. I would break the stakes down maybe into kind of three layers. 
So starting all the way at the bottom, it's with the people. The voice that you have politically is determined to a large extent on where your community sits in a district. And that community can be the city you live in, the neighborhood you live in, where you pray at, the industries that you work in. How those are configured within a political district can make either your voice a pretty small part of your political district or maybe a, a large part of your political district. Take a step up when we're talking about what is the Bay Area politically. I think redistricting goes a long way towards deciding that. There's a lot of discussion this time around on whether to join the Bay Area, perhaps in some districts, with the Central Valley. And it's like, mm. as a you know political reporter, it's you know mind blowing. You're thinking, okay, I'm I'm really focused on this region. Well, now what if that region also includes these other communities? You know, zoom out one step further, that third layer is kind of the bird's eye view of the balance of power. California's congressional delegation is based off of these district lines. And what is the partisan breakdown, Democrat versus Republican? You know, how do the maps shake out in either advantaging one party or the other? That goes a long way towards then determining the balance of power in Congress. So that's, I think, the, the very top layer is how do all these districts ultimately affect, you know, who is representing us at the highest levels of government. How does redistricting work exactly in California? So the California Citizens Redistricting Commission, it's 14 members, and they're meeting across the state in a room together, deciding the future political lines in California. Commissioner Sadwani. Here. Commissioner Sanai. Here. Commissioner Toledo. These people you know, volunteer to be on this commission. They're screened by the state auditor, but ultimately eight of them are just randomly chosen. And they get the data from the census and they're tasked with drawing districts for the state assembly, the state senate, and the U.S. Congress and the Board of Equalization. But, you know, maybe we won't talk about that. <laughs> the most important concern, the number one thing on their list is equal size. So making sure that all of these districts are, you know, have an equal, roughly equal amount of people in it. Mm. The second thing on their list is the Voting Rights Act. So this is making sure that minority groups have an equal opportunity to elect someone. And there's tests that the commission runs to make sure, basically make sure they're not diluting the voting power of minority communities. So if, if a you know, minority community block exists, and they all traditionally vote in the same way, making sure that districts don't dilute that. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the California Commissioners Redistricting um, Commission. Good morning and happy Saturday. Welcome to the California Citizens Redistricting Commission. Good morning, California. Good morning, commissioners. Welcome to day three of our visualizations. So today we're going to be uh, addressing the congressional maps. They're spending long days, you know, throughout this year, simply going over map idea after map idea. And so they're getting, you know, calls in from folks around the state. So with that, let's move to public comment. And we have a robust queue. Really people trying to identify their own communities. So basically saying, you know, I'm a member of this city or I'm a member of this industry or of this, you know, religious group who feel like we are, you know, together a community that deserves to be represented in one single district. 
And I would like to see all small Hispanic towns and communities in Fresno um, kept together. So we ask that the commission please keep the two concentrations of Muslims that I've described in Central and South Fremont and in Santa Clara together. You know, recently our council voted unanimously to advocate to remain in the 17th congressional district. And that is mainly because to, to maintain those AAPI voices, which is one of the strongest uh, communities of interest across that district. What role does that play in the process? And, and what are people asking the commission to do? It's really asking the commission to acknowledge their communities as unique entities that should not be divided. In the Bay Area, the big story was this growth in Asian population. The census showed large growth in the Asian population in California, especially in the Bay Area, 29% increase. So there's a lot at stake in turning that those stats, those numbers into political representation. been interesting to see in the in the Bay Area is there's been this collaboration of groups. They were calling themselves the AAPI Amemsa Collaborative. So it's Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, Arab, Middle East, Muslim, and South Asians. And basically this group came together and took community input ahead of the entire redistricting commission doing so. So they proposed their own maps, they drew their own lines, and they basically were able to come to the commission and saying, we did this work ahead of time. We kind of did this this homework for you. We've drawn these maps. We've gotten community feedback. And I think that's really been powerful for the commission to hear um, and kind of get these lines ahead of time. We held more than 30 workshops with API and AMEMSA communities around California this summer, where we talked about what redistricting is and really heard from folks about their communities are centered and what's important to them. So Julia Marks is a lawyer for Asian Americans Advancing Justice Asian Law Caucus, um, and she's been part of this group asking the commission to include uh, parts of San Francisco and Daly City together in a district. So you have Chinese neighborhoods on the west side of San Francisco, um, in Visitation Valley, Bayview, and then Filipino communities in Daly City. And, and basically, Julia Marks has made the point that, yes, these communities are diverse, but there are issues that bring them together. Not just that folks are, you know, of Asian descent, but that there are a lot of immigrants. There are people who are not as comfortable in English or don't know English as well. Also, large concentrations of working class folks, um, especially across those kind of Viz Valley, Portola, Bayview, Excelsior areas. And so they really wanted to be kept together because they have shared policy interests. Having these communities in one district will make them a tremendously strong voice in that district. There's no way whoever is running for office, whoever is holding office in that district, would be able to ignore basically the demands and the needs of this community. The AAPI community needs to be uh, mobilized. Uh, there's a lot at stake. So David Lee is the executive director of Chinese American Voter Education Committee in San Francisco. And he's advocating for a lot of the same end goals as the AAPI MEMSA collaborative. What's interesting is he has also raised, you know, some pushbacks. He's basically said this idea, and if we're going to talk about this example of San Francisco, this idea of grouping all of these Asian communities together to make a district that's really predominantly Asian, he says, you know, there are some drawbacks to that. The biggest being the rest of San Francisco would be left in a district that's very white. Keep in mind, San Francisco, until very recently, had two 
uh, Chinese Americans re representing both of the assembly seats uh, for the city, which is uh, the only city in California that had two Chinese Americans. Uh, I think there is a, a good argument to be made that uh, you can have two districts, uh, just as we had, where uh, API influence is strong and the, um, the potential of electing API leadership into the future is also strong. This entire process, as he puts it, is more art than science. Because every move that you make, you know, has ripple effects. It's kind of like dominoes into the next uh, into the next district. And so you get to this debate over, you know, when does grouping communities together verge on this term called packing? And packing is basically, you know, putting communities all together in one district and thereby diluting their power in every other district. Have you noticed any other examples um, of how the maps could be drawn that might have been a little bit more contentious? I think one of the most contentious is this idea of spilling over some of the Bay Area districts into the Central Valley. These communities have links, right? More and more people in the Bay are moving to communities like Tracy and Modesto just because the cost of living and then commuting back every day. I mean, people commute through the Altamont Pass every single day. So there are certainly links between these two areas. That being said, there's a lot of pushback to making that happen. There's, you know, communities in eastern Contra Costa and Alameda counties. I'm thinking of the Tri-Valley area. So like Danville, San Ramon, Dublin, Pleasanton, Livermore. They feel like they are a unique community and they don't want to be with Tracy. They don't want to be with Modesto. And I think these are the kind of concerns that the commission has to deal with as they're weighing, okay, we have these obligations to draw districts with, with the right amount of population, but we're getting so much pushback from community members on how to do that. Where exactly are we in the process right now? And do we know anything about how that final map might look? They have a deadline that they've set for themselves of Wednesday to put out a map, basically a, a final draft map that will then get feedback. They might do... they potentially might do another draft after that. Um, but we're really getting down to kind of the last maps that they're drawing. And their final, final deadline is going to be to come up with a map by December 23rd. Um, that'll have to be approved by December 27th. And then that's it. That's our districts for the next 10 years of elections in California. This all sounds very complicated. There's all this data. There's the census. All these communities weighing in, plus this commission that's being tasked with drawing these maps. In the end, what do you think this story is ultimately about? I think in a large part, the way this process plays out in California really puts the emphasis on voters and residents, on them, to you know make their voices heard and drive this process. They're looking for help. They're looking for input from citizens. And I think the, the way that this has changed from legislators driving this process in the traditional smoke-filled rooms where they don't care what you think about the district. They want to make sure they can stay in office. It's completely flipped now. And this commission really needs feedback from citizens to say, hey, we are this community. We feel like we're best represented this way. We feel like we have more in common with our neighbors to the west than to the east. Comments like that really help drive this process forward. So if there's any takeaway, it really is incumbent upon residents to make their voices heard. And there's still an opportunity to do that. 
Well, Guy, thank you so much for joining us. So good to see you in person My in pleasure. the studio. Thank you so much, Guy. Absolutely. The public meetings of the California Citizens Redistricting Commission are still going on right now. To get more info, visit wedrawthelinesca.org. Guy Marzarati covers politics and government for KQED. He also produces the Political Breakdown podcast. This episode of The Bay was produced and cut by Alan Montecilio. It was produced and scored by Mary Franklin Harvin, who also added the tape. That's it for us at The Bay. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Talk to you next time. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.